Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Uh, when, when we start playing neutral site games in mm-hmm. college basketball. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, the wrong you get the wrong matchup in round one and the bubble bursts very quickly that's you know there's there are there are 20 to 30 teams in college basketball that feel the way auburn does where they say you know we're we're healthy we've played really well at times in the month of february if if we get the right path in you know in in a couple of weeks we we could make a run we could make a run to the second weekend make it, we could make a run deeper than just the second weekend it's a it's a matter of how many of those teams get to fulfill that there's only 16 spots in the sweet 16 there's only four in that uh, in that third weekend of the ncaa tournament so no i think that's uh that's a question but but i think an auburn team had auburn gone to athens and folded had auburn mm-hmm. looked lost mm-hmm. in the aftermath of jalen williams we would be previewing tennessee in a much different light and i think we would be looking at the rest of the season in a much more pessimistic uh, fashion, but instead we're talking about Auburn and saying, "Yeah, this is a team that can do." Uh, ba- based on what we just saw, uh, they they go into Tennessee with a puncher's chance, and mm-hmm. there I go with the boxing again, again coach. Right, but, right. You, know, they're, they're, you know, with with, <laughs> with a puncher's chance, you know, they they go in there and uh, and they've got a uh, uh, you know they, they've got a they, they've got a matchup against a team that will be about as good as anyone they play the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Like no no matter what happens the rest of the way, if they draw, if they're a four seed in the NCAA tournament and they go to the second weekend and they're playing a one, I'm not sure that one they're playing is that much better on a neutral floor than Tennessee is in Knoxville. Right. So like if you can if you can do this, if you can go and climb this mountain, then everything else that you could possibly want to do the rest of the season feels like it's more within reach mm-hmm. than it is. And I, and I would even say, if you're, if you're in this game with two or three minutes left, if, you're, if, this, is a, if this is a one-possession game late, no matter what happens, even if Auburn were to lose, taking Tennessee to the brink in Knoxville is is a sign that you can probably play with just about anybody in college basketball. I, I would, you know, a, a win makes you feel better than a loss – Coach, you've been on, you know, yeah, you, 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 yeah. You've been, but 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 being able to say that team is as good as anyone, and we we pushed them to the limit. We mm-hmm. played them as close as anyone has all year. We almost won on their, and I know teams have actually won in Knoxville as a road opponent. I think, I think South Carolina did. South uh, Carolina and Texas A and M and A and M was able to do it, which is yeah. which is when you when you think about the rematch they just played this weekend, yeah, shocking because yes. because Tennessee was uh, the stat the stat that I've I've blown people away with, Coach. Uh, as a as someone who will appreciate the more physical aspects of of basketball, A and M uh, missed forty eight shots on on Saturday mm. and and got offensive rebounds on ten of them. Mm. It's like you only I mean when 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 the other when you're not getting four or five uh, you know when 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 eighty percent of your your shots aren't getting aren't getting there. It's just it, you know, that's that's going to be it's going to be a long day and it was thirty five point win for for Tennessee and uh, now was that. What was it was was that in A and M was I think in College State. Yeah, I think A and M beat them wrong. on the road because yeah, yeah. that was that was in Knoxville. South this Carolina weekend. beat them in Knoxville. South, South yeah. Carolina was able to win that game on the road. Yeah, Tennessee mm-hmm. just just thumped mm-hmm. uh, Texas A and M in, in, yeah. in the most recent. That matchup. was but, at but, home. I'm but sorry. Yeah, no, but Tennessee has been and Tennessee's got a, a road game coming up against 
uh, Alabama. Yes. Uh, just after this, uh, just just after this matchup tonight, and they still have Kentucky. They still have Kentucky too. And so, I believe they still have South Carolina. And Alabama still has a trip to Gainesville on yeah. top of on top of the yeah. matchup with Tennessee. So, so you I mean, never know. I mean, this is. I mean, Auburn would seem to have the most favorable path because of the you know the other teams have more matchups with. I mean, the Mississippi State looks to be a, a tournament team. They, they're on the right side of the bubble. Yeah, now. they if, have Kentucky tonight at home. That's so. that's good. That's going to be a really good one. Yeah. Uh, and and so. Uh, you know Auburn has, but but I think the other teams have between Kentucky and Tennessee, you know Alabama. Like the other teams have some more, some you know even even more dangerous matchups potentially than uh, than Auburn does. So right. I, it's it's going to be. I mean these these matchups. I was saying it yesterday, Coach. Like this is if you're if you're someone who gets into college basketball when the tournament happens. This is a good time to jump in because all of these games are going to have the high stakes feel. When you're talking about contenders at the top of the regular season, the teams at the top of their conferences, and for that matter, teams that are playing for their tournament lives, teams that aren't at the top of the conference, but every game has an outsized significance in their tournament resume now. Like these games have the high stakes feel. Sometimes I hear, and I sort of understand, the complaint that regular season NBA games can lack intensity until the season gets closer to the playoffs or the postseason actually begins, and then things ramp up a little bit. I don't know if that's necessarily as true in college basketball, but any any suggestion like if you're if you're waiting for things to ramp up in the college basketball season, like these are these are the games that feel like it is. I mean, there there is. There, there is a lot at stake every time these contenders take the floor, and that will be especially true tomorrow night when when Auburn and Tennessee square off in Knoxville. Yeah. Like that place is going to be, that's going to be a Hornets. What's okay? How about this? <coughs> because of what Auburn's going to face tomorrow, I have a question for you, Coach. Okay, and we'll 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 go to break with this. If you want to take a little bit of time to think about it, we can think about it during the break. When I when I talk about Auburn going into a Hornets nest tomorrow night, that is going to be a loud raucous uh you know absolutely desperate Tennessee crowd mm-hmm. that will be there to to cheer on their team what what comes to mind as the wildest road atmospheres you faced in in your time as a as as a coach because i would think i would think that your answer is going to be something while you were at auburn some crowd that we faced on the road in at some point Maybe I'm just guess. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to. I, I mean, people people always talk about the swamp. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn played a couple of LSU teams that had a lot on the line mm-hmm. in in Baton Rouge. Uh, the Iron Bowl is the Iron Bowl, right? Uh, what? So so let, let me let me let me let me think about. Let me, yeah, let me let me hear. What, what do you okay, got? Okay, uh, uh, definitely LSU. Okay, on a Saturday night, uh, we had some close ones down there. We should have won a couple of them. We got beat on a. If you remember right, the throw right at the end of the game in the corner of the end zone. 07, 07, yeah. And uh, then Alabama, of course, with the Iron Bowl. And then, uh, like you said, the Swamp. And, you know, we were lucky to win a couple down at the Swamp. And, uh, yeah. I was in Tusk. I was in the uh, I was in the house for the 04 Iron okay. Bowl. And that place was a, an app, especially yeah. at kickoff. The longer that game stayed close. Oh, man. That was, I mean, yeah. You know, you, you, you and me both, yeah. brother. You, I, I mean, had, as, you know, we as, were undefeated. As, we had everything going, and just it was just so 
the anxiety and the just I, the pressure. And, and you know what? I talked to I talked because I was close with uh, I was close with Cody Bliss. Right. And uh, and I you know, we were, we were pals. I, yeah. I was in I was in, uh, I was in Cody's wedding. You know, we keep yeah. in touch a little bit. And he's a he's a doctor now. Doing yeah. gr- doing great. Wow. The guy's awesome. awesome. So so uh, Cody and I I talked about how after that game, I had never in my life as a fan, I had never felt more physical discomfort from my team lose like I was like the the nausea and headache and pressure that I it was like it, it felt like the symptoms of the bends like it felt like if you if you like if I'd come up from my like I, I felt like I had the bends coach like it really did like like or or, or like some yeah some sort of pressurization like it was it was getting to me yep. in physical ways and immediately like the Ugh. symptoms go away the moment the offense starts rolling, I've yeah. told I've told yeah. Cadillac this story yeah. before, and he said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what that's what yeah. just about." Jason every, threw that pass, and just, man, it's, it's just about what everybody was feeling. You know, we go that. in at halftime, we're losing. I mean, it was whew, it was a gut check, and, and as yeah, and as as mad a as as mad a scene as I can remember, you know, seeing as a road team yeah. like that, and that's and that's not it's not a banner year. For Alabama nope. football necessarily, nope. but they uh, and that was you know and that was something I was telling people. I know we got to take a break, mm-hmm. but when Nick Saban was hired, and there was this thought of Alabama's in the past. It's not a thing that it's not a thing that's going to come back. It's it's Nebraska. It's uh, Notre Dame. It's just it's a different. It's it's a dominant. It's it's a superpower from a different era. I said I was at that 04 Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. You're you're wrong, right? Like that play, like you just yeah. you knew the foundation yeah. was there, and it's yeah. like there. No, there were people that yeah. they were still there for a team right. that had started four quarterbacks, and yeah. and you know and didn't want the coach to be there. You know, it was a, it was a last second sort of deal. Like mm-hmm. it was it was a it was you know I I had no doubt. There was no doubt in my mind that you know that that there that the right. You know, the, the the someone mm-hmm. who could push the right buttons right. W- was going to have them right back at the top of the industry, no and, doubt. And yeah, and, and and being and being at that game was a was a big reason why seeing it in yeah. person, you know, being able to tell you what it what it oh. smelled like, Ooh. you know, that night in the uh, in yeah. the stadium. So <laughs> right, we're we're gonna we're gonna do some more. Uh, uh, we're gonna talk some more. Let's okay three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial. I think we're gonna have Andy Burcham at four thirty. I think we're gonna have Jake Crane. At the bottom of the hour, and hour number two, and we're going to talk with Bill Cameron right around five o'clock. The uh, Drive Hotline is presented by Skybar three three four five six four eighteen forty. That's the Drive text box. That's presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast. Available however you get your podcast. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with more. You are listening to the Drive. Chandler here from Peck on ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number one of the Tuesday Drive, Dan Peck in the studio, at DNPCK on Twitter, and I don't really use Instagram, I'm bad at it. Drew, I vow to start using it more often. I've taken pictures of things over the last couple of months, you know, in my travels, and so I should maybe, sh- I should maybe share some of those <laughs> with, the, uh, with, 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 the, uh, with the people. Uh, then, and we've got, uh, we've got Coach Don Dunn uh, in the house. Coach, really appreciate you uh, make, making some time for us. I think we're going to try, try Andy Burcham 
in the next segment. Auburn, Tennessee men's basketball. You can catch it tomorrow night on Wings 94.3 here locally. Andy will have the call courtside uh, from up in Knoxville, and he will uh, he'll tell us about uh, the, uh, the, the big matchup, a, a matchup between two teams vying for the SEC regular season championship, two teams that uh, and, and this, you know, something else to think about, Coach, is is that we were saying yesterday, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, you know, a lot of those, you know, a lot of where you go is based around, at least at the top, you get some geographic preference. You get right. preferential treatment or sent somewhere a little bit closer. There right. are a lot of places that really aren't all that convenient at all mm-hmm. uh, to Auburn that are potential, uh, you know, I, th- I think that the, I, I know that. Brooklyn is is on the list. Uh, Spokane, Washington, mm. Salt Lake City, uh, some places. I believe there's a. I believe somewhere in California uh, as well. So I mean, there there are some some places that really wouldn't be all that convenient uh, to, uh, to to Auburn. Memphis and Charlotte are both uh, places that are are hosting in the first round. And so you know, schools like Duke and Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn. They're not just they're not just trying to get to the top of the regular season title. Uh, in, in their conference, they're not just going to go try to win their conference tournament. They're also trying to, uh, they're, they're also trying to impress the committee to where their seating gives them a chance to play those first couple of weekends in front of partisan crowds in a place like Memphis or right. or Charlotte, which would be a lot closer. Yeah, I think I think that if Auburn were if Auburn were playing its first weekend NCAA tournament games in Memphis, there would be a big Auburn contingent mm-hmm. at both of those games. It would be a it would be you know right. some. As as close to a home game as you're going to get in this postseason with uh, with with the potential locations out there, so I think that would be something else to vie for uh, because that would be a that'd be something of a boost for Auburn, especially certain compared to having to go play on the road against a team or go play further away mm-hmm. uh, in a situation where the game would be more neutral, or uh, I think the 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 worst situation, but you know of the of the the ones would be. If you were to slip these next couple of weeks, suddenly you could be a six playing a three, and you're playing that one. You know, in you're you're playing Arizona in Salt Lake City, or mm-hmm. you're playing you know uh, uh, you know somebody up in you're playing right. somebody up in up in Spokane or yeah. something, right? Like so, so that's that's where uh, you you would want to avoid being you know on the other side. You'd want you'd want to be the opponent of someone getting preferential treatment. Uh, because they're yep. they're up there, so that's, that's something else to watch for. But Andy will have the call of of Auburn Tennessee tomorrow night. Should be just a just a sensational game. Tennessee's got uh, excellent guard play, three of the best in in college, probably the best the best three guards any team in college basketball has this year. As as far as uh, being able to start all three of them, you know, it, whoever whoever the third best one is between Connect and Ziegler and Viscovi. Is I mean they they wouldn't be the third best guard on a lot of other teams in college basketball. So that, that that's a uh, it, it's it's a, uh, a a matchup of of two uh, you know of of two bona fide SEC championship contenders and, and should be a really good one. You're, you're going to catch tomorrow night on Wings ninety four three. Uh, we'll have that one with uh, with Andy Burcham and the uh, and and the rest of the uh, the gang live from Knoxville. Hopefully we talk to Andy in the next segment. Uh, also, uh, something going on is the, uh, and I believe it's going on right now, is the viewing window uh, for, uh, for for Auburn football. In fact, Andy may be at the viewing window, so if we struggle to get him uh, in, the, in the next couple of minutes, maybe a, maybe a slight delay uh, because he's usually there uh, with the rest of us. Now, uh, would checking. he be traveling? 
Or he's in Knoxville. You're right. He might be in Knoxville too. So we could be. I'm uh, so or, confused. Or, or, or he could be traveling. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna find we're gonna we're gonna find out during the break. If yeah. not, if not, Andy may join us later in the week. Don Dunn made right. an excellent point. Uh, but we're gonna talk about spring football as well because you know I'd, I'd love to know sort of what January and February have been like mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, for for a coach in 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 the a position coach in college football, and of course, uh, you know what you're looking for. Uh, these these first couple of days, first couple of weeks of spring practice, especially with regards to players who, because it feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Coach, mm-hmm. it's different when you're talking about players that have been multi-year starters. You know, like that. You know, if this is your third spring or your fourth spring with a guy, it's different as far as what you're expecting from him, what you're needing to necessarily teach him that that off season, as opposed to there are a couple of positions at Auburn where you're talking about you know, a lot of guys who don't. I mean, as a total, as a group, don't have very many career starts right. in in college football. And when you're talking about a group that doesn't have all that many career starts, you know, I, I would I would think that one of the things you're looking for is leadership. Like who's who's yeah. who's looking to take command? Yeah, that uh, how they learn, how they comprehend, how they compete, uh, how how serious they take the meetings, uh, the film study, and effort. And I always was a big effort guy. Always will be, but you're right. You gotta have. You gotta develop some leadership, especially when you have a lot of new guys, new faces, new coaches. We've got a lot of new coaches, not so much new to the program, but new to coaching. You know what I'm saying? We got guys that moved up to take spots on the field, and uh, you know. But you're right. You got to find your leaders, and then I want to see who's going to compete. And who's going to give great effort every day in the meetings, in the practice, in the weight room, all the things that go with it. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. That's Coach Don Dunn, former uh, Auburn defensive line coach and, uh, and and our defensive line coach here on the uh, <laughs> here on the drive. Uh, I'm Dan Peck, Drew with the controls. Uh, we will try Andy Burcham. We just listed a bunch of reasons why you may not have uh, Andy Burcham in the uh, in the next couple of minutes. We're going to try uh, Andy Burcham. If not, we'll, we'll have him a little bit later on in the uh, in, in the week, and uh, and we'll we'll talk uh, we'll talk some more spring football uh, with uh, with coach. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of the drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Uh, we, uh, we think Andy Burcham might actually be traveling. Right now, that's the that's the conclusion we uh, we came to. Drew, did we did we try him? Did you want to? Okay, do you want to do you want to do you want to maybe try and, and see if uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens if if if, uh, if it doesn't work, uh, we understand we will have Bill Cameron in the uh, in in the five o'clock hour. Uh, we will we will talk to Bill. He is at the practice viewing window right now for the Auburn uh, football team uh, and and the the first day of uh, of spring practice going on right now and and then of course. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, our, our five o'clock, yeah, our, our, we've, we've got our we've got our visit with uh, we, we've got our visit with Jake Crane in five o'clock in the five o'clock hour as well. Love to hear from you three three four three two one thirteen ninety the number to dial. Yeah, loved loved hearing your answer there, Coach, about sort of what a you know what a position coach you know with with a group that 
And I think Auburn on the defensive line, while there is a mixture of, of some veterans this year, and, and you bring back Jason Jones, who's, who's been at Auburn for multiple seasons, uh, and and Zykevius Walker, who's, who's been at Auburn for multiple seasons, but it's a lot of guys who are in uh, their first year or their second year on the team, and then their first year or their second year in college football. They got a taste of it last year. Even somebody in the, you know, Keldrick Falk played a lot, but Auburn's defensive line, now, I, I would think that that's a that's a group that fits the description of what you were just talking about as far as looking for yeah who's who's who shows that they are ahead of schedule mm-hmm. as a college football player and ready to contribute a lot in their first or their second year or who's ready to sh- to say you know I, I I maybe didn't make the best of an opportunity I received earlier in college football and now and now I'm ready to. Uh, uh, to, to change the narrative of my story. Yeah, it's it's a fresh start for these guys, and uh, like you said, if they didn't didn't have the opportunity to do as well as they thought they should have, or play as much as they thought they should have, this is a new starting point. Everybody starts at ground zero. Uh, the coach is new to the position, not to the to the Auburn. I know he's excited to have his first his own meeting, his own meeting room. I know he's going to be excited to go out there today, and uh, and uh, I remember as a young coach, I ran out there the first day, and I tried to coach and tell him everything I knew, and then about five minutes later, I didn't have anything to say because I told him everything I knew in five minutes. You'd emptied emptied the yeah, bucket, yeah. And, so yeah, but it's a great time. You want to, like I said, find your leaders in the, in your room on the defensive line, then the, on the defense, then on the team. Uh, again. How about, Go ahead. How about this? Um, what are things that whether it's a whether it's someone coming from a different system and they played college football before, but now they're at Auburn, or and I guess my my bigger question would be if you're a true freshman, if you're someone who's played, you know they're they're coming from high school. What are things that defensive linemen often need to work on? Like what what are the what are the most uh, what what are the spots that most frequently need improvement with younger defensive linemen entering spring after uh, after, after their, their last high school season or even their first year of college football? I think the number one thing is the tempo of practice. They, they're, they're not going to realize how fast it is. The speed of the game is going to be 50 times faster than what they're used to. they got to be able to comprehend that. That's, that's why I would say I, I want to know how they learn. You can't give them too much because they're, they're going to be swimming anyway. But I want to know how, how they respond – how they how they adapt to the speed of college Division one football compared to where they came from, whether it's another program in the portal, whether it's a junior college, whether it's high school. It is completely different in this league, in the SEC. It's like stepping off of two, a two-lane country road onto an interstate in, in L.A., downtown L.A. The speed is unbelievable. There's a uh... – uh, there, there's a player we talked about him a little bit yesterday, and he di- he didn't get to see the field much his first year. He was a late arrival junior college kid, uh, um, uh, Jameson Travis, right. uh, Bob, Bobby Jameson Travis. Yes, uh, and, and he's uh, he's somebody who with with defensive line as wide open as it is, like that's he would he would fit the bill to me of somebody who didn't see the field very much or at all, despite being on the roster right. last season. Who could suddenly have an outsized role on the team because there doesn't seem to be a ton of experience ahead of him, at least on the two deep right now, and he hasn't really shown what he can do. And if he breaks through, I mean, this was a highly regarded junior college kid, um, and sometimes you've talked about it before. You you ran into it as a position mm-hmm. coach, right? Sometimes it takes junior college kids a season 
yeah. of learning without being on the field before they're ready to contribute. But when they're ready to contribute, they're really ready to contribute. Yeah, it, it's a different deal. Uh, it's it's hard to come from a junior college, and I coached and played at a junior college, so I I, I think I know what I'm talking about. It's just a different deal uh, when you come from a junior college to the SEC. But this young man, the nice thing about it, he's been here. So he knows uh, what it takes, and, and hopefully he's had time during the offseason to improve you know, in the weight room, uh, get his body better, get in conditioning, and you know, hopefully he, the light comes on, like you said. I would think that it's even harder to show up late in August. Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, it's one, yes. thing to be, it's one thing to be a junior college player who graduates in May and acclimates to Auburn and meets his teammates and learns the system and you have all summer. Yeah. It's one you know, it's one thing to be here all summer. Yeah. It, uh, to show up to show up during fall practice. Yeah. You know, I, I think that people kept waiting for Jameson Travis to contribute last year. And on top of whatever conditioning mm-hmm. uh, he missed out on, uh which which would be vitally important, you know, to before before they're even comfortable letting you get on the field, uh, you know, there's there's no well let him let him play his way into shape. Right. On, on Saturday, no, that, that's those not, days are over. No, that's not happening. Yeah, uh, but but on top of that, I would think that whatever uh, you know, whatever adjustment other folks got to make earlier in the year, you know, he had he had to make it on the fly. So I, I was, you know, it just it just seems to me like that's somebody who, yeah, even though even though it wasn't there on the field last year, I certainly wouldn't give up on a player like Bobby Jamison Travis, and wouldn't be surprised if there's talk about him. Making a case for playing time soon yeah. on the on the depth chart at Auburn. Yeah, it, it's so hard, especially it, it's hard enough to come in in June, and it's even harder to have to wait and come in in August. I mean, it's almost impossible nowadays. Let, let me ask you: we were, we were talking about it yesterday with uh, with, with Brian Matthews, and I know we, we got to. Uh, should we take a break, Drew? Should we? Should we? Oh, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, so with. Uh, uh, with, with with Brian Matthews, we were discussing how Auburn has the there's the possibility that Auburn could name a starting five on the offensive line today, and those five guys could be your starter all off season. You know, they, they could be your starters all off season long, working on building chemistry. There's usually been so much competition, and there might still be some competition here. I'm not ruling anyone out, mm-hmm. but the thought of you know if you if you you bring you bring in Percy Lewis. Mississippi State's left tackle. Right. Seems like he profiles as the left tackle now. Dylan Wade, who played left tackle last year, more of a guard physically uh, at the at the SEC or NFL level. He seems like he's going to play left guard. Connor Liu got experience for much of last season as a true freshman at center. He he seems to be slotting in as your as your starting center going into his second year. At right guard, you've got a couple of guys who have played. I would give Jeremiah Wright the advantage. Now, because he's played the most of those guys, but but there, there's there's three, maybe four players that could make a, a real play for a for a more open right guard spot. And then Isaiah Tutal Miller played a lot of tackle last year. He's been getting rave reviews. Apparently, lost twenty twenty five pounds from the uh, fr- from the end mm-hmm. of uh, from from the bowl game or the, or the last time they updated the weights right uh, to, to where he is now. Seems like he'd be your right tackle. T- t- it, it's a luxury. To say, all right, these are my five starters. You've got six months as as a starting unit to get ready for your week one opponent. Usually, you're introducing new pieces or you're trying different combinations out. Why would that be 
so valuable for for an offensive line coach and an offensive line, and, and really for an offense. Yeah, I think it's uh, that's one of the hardest positions on the team to learn, to gel. They got to make all the calls, the blocking calls, the schemes. The center has to point out the, you know, the linebackers, the safeties, uh, w- which way to set the protections. Every day, every rep you get together, you just get better and better. You get to know each other. Uh, it's a trust factor. And uh, just the experience of being together that long, uh, and you just start clicking like a, a old machine. There's a there's a there's a science fiction movie from mm-hmm. about a decade ago, Pacific Rim, where two pilots, you know, they they have to some machine links their minds together, and that's mm-hmm. how they pilot this this gig, this giant robot to fight the <laughs> monsters. You need the offensive line. You need five right, minds right. linked linked, the to, same. linked yeah. together. To pilot that that giant robot there on the front of the offensive line, yeah, yeah. and you know that, that's what you're hoping for. And I would think the more reps in practice, the more time they're spending together, and the more the more players you introduce to that as potential starters, mm-hmm. the more that can sort of disrupt that kind of chemistry forming. Not that look, we're all pro competition, mm-hmm. but it, but the earlier you can decide these are my five guys, if if those are indeed the, your five guys, you would think the better. The, the, the better off you are. Yeah, especially an offensive line, like you say. It's so important. They have to be one one string. They have to be on the same page uh, because, you know, when there's a big play on defense, it's usually a missed assignment up front. And uh, nothing like experience. We were very fortunate in 04. We had older guys and, and good off- offensive linemen that had been together for a while. And last year, I mean, you think about the, the difference between – I mean, last season you're talking about offensive linemen who had who were new to the team. Some of them were, you know, new to the team after you know, joining the team after spring practice yeah. was over. I mean, it was a, there was a lot of mixing and matching going on. You know, there are injuries early on as well. Like I, I would think that if there's, I mean, there are multiple reasons to think the offense could take a step forward. And, and to me, the 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 continuity that could be there on the offensive line uh, to have to have five guys uh, who, who spend most of the off season. As the starters on the offensive line, that that's that's one of the reasons why this offense could take a big leap forward year one to year two under Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. For sure. 334-321-1390, the number to dial. We will take a break. We'll come back with more. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Chandler here from University Ace. ESPN 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Final segment of our number one here on the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Coach Don Dunn hanging out with us. Drew at the controls. We're going to get a visit from Bill Cameron in hour number two as Bill uh, lets us know what he saw at the viewing window, uh, Auburn football practice earlier today. Also an Auburn baseball game uh, tonight. And uh, I want to remember from yesterday, remember, Drew? Uh, Tex has a pair of tickets to uh, whoever wants to go to tonight's Auburn-Samford game. Tex would prefer... It, it's two tickets, good seats. Tex would prefer if you took a kid. Like if you have a child and if you don't get to go to very many games, uh, you know that that's sort of his preference would be, uh, you know, a, a, a parent or guardian and or their child, uh, you know, is, is sort of how he's uh, how he's imagining it. But 
but but you know uh, if you if you want to go three three four three two one thirteen ninety and ask for the uh, ask for the tickets courtesy of our main guy Tex in Baton Rouge. Let's get to Jerry who is on the phone. What's up, Jerry? Hey guys, um, I I just wanted to let you know I'm really looking forward to spring practice this year. See how all the groups fit together, work together. Uh, get their timing down. Uh, you know, it's a it's a key. I mean, there's usually there's usually optimism coming out of spring practice too, Jerry. I mean, it's rarely that you know any program looks at how they did in spring practice. Oh boy, like we're <laughs> done, we're done. Uh, but but I think with, with Auburn. They've they've introduced enough new pieces and and there are more on the way uh, after after the the high school year or the academic year uh, comes to an end. Uh, but there there are enough pieces that have been added that that I do think Auburn uh, can feel like yeah may, maybe there's a chance between between what has what has remained constant and what is being introduced uh, to the team. I think especially if you look at offense on. Uh, at, at receiver, uh, with what they're what they're adding uh, to a uh, to, to a group that already had a couple of exciting pieces, uh, you know, at, at, at gaining a year of experience, and then and then on defense, you know, what Auburn brings back, what Auburn uh, brings in, uh, there's uh, yeah, there's a chance that a team that was uh, competitive in close games with a couple of the best teams in college football uh, last season, uh, Ole Miss, uh, Alabama, and Georgia, uh, can uh, can maybe uh, get get even closer uh, to the top of college football in. Uh, in, uh, in in Hugh Freeze's second season, I, I saw I saw that Auburn is I saw some odds for the playoff uh, this year on uh, on social media. It was earlier today, and it's twelve team twelve team playoff coming to uh, college football in uh, in twenty twenty four. If you want to bet on Georgia making the playoff, they're like one to nine odds. Like you have to lay you have to lay like nine or ten dollars to to win a dollar. As uh, you know, they're they're over. I mean, they're they're. I think they're three to one to win it all, right now. Like it's it's insane how how confident uh, the the books are in uh, and and how well the, the how the betting markets reflect uh, confidence in the Georgia Bulldogs to be uh, about as good as anybody in all of college football uh, this upcoming season. And you know, you look at their roster and you understand why. Like they've they've done they've done pretty well uh, for themselves with what they bring back and, and everything. Uh, Auburn is. I think right now Auburn is around nine to one to make a twelve-team playoff in in the twenty twenty-four college football season, which puts them probably in the eh, just you know probably outside the top twenty-five uh, odds-wise, probably in the uh, somewhere in twenty-five to thirty is is where I, I think that would you know that that would put Auburn as as a team if you're if you're trying to bet on uh, Auburn as a playoff team, which uh, right, you know coming into the season I would think that's uh, you know. There's there's no shame in being uh, the 27th or 28th best team going into a season. The problem is when seven or eight of the teams on, on ahead of you are on the schedule. You know that makes it that makes it mm-hmm. a little bit tougher. And Auburn is facing something like that in, uh, in in 2024. But that's also those are opportunities to pull off needle moving wins, Coach. That's right. Great stuff, Jerry. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. We're gonna talk with Bill Cameron in hour number two. He's gonna tell us what he saw uh, on the uh, on on the field. At spring practice in the viewing window, uh, which uh, should have been, uh, you know, pr- probably just got done in the last couple of minutes or so. We'll talk with Jake Crane from Crane and Company uh, in our number two as well. Dan Peck, Coach Don Dunn, Drew at the controls. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. 
ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Hour number two of the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls, the capable one, doing a great job. Our coach, Don Dunn, the pit boss, <laughs> the defensive line coach of the drive, is here uh, hanging out in the studio, helping us uh, talk a little uh, spring football. First day of spring practice for, uh, for Auburn. Some great stuff. If you missed any of our number one, some great stuff from coach. Because we, I mean, we're gas bags, and we can, <laughs> we can, we can bloviate about whatever, you know, what, what might be happening with, uh, with, with you know, in, in the minds of these football players and these coaches. But, but to tell me, you know, to, to tell us from experience, you know, what, what you're looking for, what you were looking for as a coach when spring practice got going, uh, the focus on guys stepping up as leaders, you know, who's paying attention, who's, uh, who, who's, doing the, who's doing their homework and, and who's not, stuff like that. Like, I don't know, great, great stuff from, uh, from Coach Dunn in hour number one. Check that out on the podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. You can search for The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform. You can go to ESPNAU.com and use the Podcast Center. Uh, you can also listen to the show live on ESPNAU.com. Just click the Listen Live button if you're not in the ESPN 1067 listening area. And the podcasts are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor uh, the Drive text box, 334-564-1840. Uh, they, uh, 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 what, hour number two of the Drive is sponsored by the Orthopedic Clinic. Big shout out to the Orthopedic Clinic uh, and, uh, and Auburn Auburn Opelika's uh, go-to uh, spot for uh, uh, orthopedic help. Uh, you can uh, what? What is it? I, I I had it yesterday. I did Auburn uh, Auburn Opelika's uh, go-to center for orthopedic care with uh, locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. Uh, I tried to do it without the paper in front of me, Bill. He's listening, so we're we're gonna get some. Uh, I got most of it there with the uh, with the Ortho Clinic. Uh, no Andy Birchman hour number one. We will have Andy Birchman on the show again uh, sometime soon, and Jake Crane will join us in our number uh, later on here in our number two but bill cameron uh, who has been uh, out this week on his uh, civic duties uh, as a uh, as a as a potential uh, juror uh, he is uh, he is able to he was able to get away today uh, enough to uh, go check out uh, spring practice and uh, he's going to report in. he's also going to help preview a little bit of the, of the baseball uh, from tonight as auburn and samford are squaring off in a uh, midweek uh, baseball matchup early in the season. So let's welcome Bill into the show. Uh, how you doing, Bill? Uh, doing pretty well, guys. What a what a, a um, an odd looking day. It looks it looks threatening. It looks like it's cool, but it's seventy five. I tell you what, I'm sure a lot of the players, especially the big guys, don't mind the fact that it's not terribly humid or hot today. The way it looked like it might be a few days ago. The winds were absolutely howling oh, earlier today, too. I wondered now is that something that would benefit the big guys? Are those things are those things blowing out towards uh, towards left field, towards center field, or is it is it uh, is it something that could make it? Or in in intense wind, uh, do, do you not know where the uh, you not know where the ball's going when it comes out of the pitcher's hand, and so it's a little bit tougher on on everybody to do their job. Uh, yeah, that could be. I tell you what, it, it really died down. It's calm right now, so. I don't think that's going to be a factor for tonight's baseball game. But, uh, yeah, the fact that it was overcast made it a whole lot more comfortable. 
Coach Freeze, as a matter of fact, came over uh, and and spoke briefly, just uh, just sort of you know bumping fists with uh, a lot of the the media that was there, and and he said he liked the way the guys were moving around out there. Now he did say something, uh, you know that. that there had initially been a, a press conference with Coach Free scheduled for today, and it's been pushed back to Thursday. It turns out, and he told us, well, he had a little procedure. He said he, uh, uh, he got everybody on the staff that was 50 or older to be tested, to have a calcium test, and said, well, they tested him. Three of his arteries were perfect. One of them was 70% blocked. Wow. So he he said so he he got that taken care of and he's really glad that he did because there there are problems in his family history and he encouraged everybody to get that get that checked but he was out there and in really good spirits for the first day of practice where where I and I would say oh, 80% of the media at least spent its time watching the quarterbacks and the receivers. <laughs> right and so I mean cuz cuz the intrigue I mean, I guess there is some question about uh, that fifth starter on the offensive line. Uh, you know, who, who, right. would, who would fit in at, at right guard right now? It feels a little bit easier to project. Uh, I want to be careful about that, Bill, but it feels a little bit easier to project the other four starters on the offensive line versus who's going to be there at uh, at right guard uh, between uh, between Tutal and and Connor Liu. Uh, everywhere else, you know, I mean, Auburn brings back players with, with starting experience. That that question of who's going to emerge early on at, at at receiver and how tight is Peyton Thorne's grip on the starting job and, and how much confidence does he inspire? I feel like that's going to be a running, uh, a running question throughout spring practice. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, today, since it was the first day, all you're seeing is just some basics there on the offensive line. And, and it looks about the same down on the defensive line. I mean, I really want to see how things shake out there on defense because there are a few more open spots there than there appear to be on offense. Although I will say this, there are a couple of things that I did note uh, as we, we uh, write down past the quarterbacks and receivers where the offensive line working at the other end of the field. And you can see those guys. Yes, Percy Lewis is a very large human being. Um, but but uh, another guy who I thought was just impressive just out there on the hoof moving around was Seth Wilfred, the junior college offensive lineman. So I, I would think that uh, he's going to push too tall Miller there at that right tackle, not not saying he'll unseat him, but I think it's good to have some competition there at that right tackle spot. And this might be the final year in college football for both Percy Lewis and Tutal Miller, depending yeah. on what depending on what happens this season. And having not just someone who might be ready to step in and play either guard spot, but someone who can actually push them. Uh, not to mention somebody who will most likely be on the team in 2025. Again, this is. I mean, how how many times, Bill, did we talk about? When we previewed an offensive line in the spring, not and and not, look, I, it's it was, you know, this was with coach coach Malzahn and with and with coach Harson, where where you would talk about how even even if there was a situation where there was a starter, it was it was often boy boy does Auburn need him to stay healthy because it's a big question as to what's I mean I mean the, the thought of trying to build uh, to 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 retain starter quality production and build some starter level depth behind them and a bridge to to next season it's it's something auburn's been struggling with for the last couple of seasons oh yeah and and they're in much better shape now depth wise there obviously offensive line is is still and will remain a priority you know to, to bring in top-notch offensive linemen they'll have another one coming in 
uh, over the summer in uh, Drake Carter, who is one of the four freshmen who is not out there right now. So they'll, they'll continue doing that and want to bring in, um, you know, at least two or three really good prospect linemen each year. But uh, they, they've had really good success, you know, filling in with players from the transfer portal as well. So, so yeah, offensive line appears to be in pretty good shape. But like I said, we spent most of the time watching the quarterbacks and the receivers. And, you know, the first thing, I will say a couple of things you can't help but notice. The ball comes out of Walker White's hand so quickly. I mean, with with uh, doesn't look like an awful lot of effort, and there's there's plenty of velocity behind it. I thought all four quarterbacks uh, today, all four of the scholarship quarterbacks, looked really good throwing. I, I would say probably Hank Brown probably has the uh, least strong arm, but boy, the ball gets where it's supposed to be, right as the receiver is expecting it. So. Not all four of them. Walker, when we first got out there, um, it, it looked like Walker maybe uh, uh, a little a little too excited because I mean he had some missiles that looked like they were still taking off as they as they uh, uh, went to the receivers and a couple of times had a little too much on it. But uh, I thought I thought Peyton and Holden and uh, and Hank and Walker, boy, I mean just it looked so much different. I said that to. Uh, mentioned it to, to Justin Ferguson while we were watching. It's like it's a lot different than looking out there last spring at some of the passes that we saw because the receivers would go, they'd plant, they'd turn, the ball was there. And, and it, uh, go it, ahead. Well, it's amazing because you you would think in in a you know with a with a roster that brings back a quarterback who played as much as Peyton Thorne did last year, especially compared to the other three guys that 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 are that are on scholarship right now. You would think that maybe it's an offseason without a ton of competition. But in fact, Peyton Thorne, I think especially after the way the bowl game went, you know, needs to settle the nerves of anybody who isn't sure he should be the starter. And the other three guys are at the very least competing to be the number two and maybe not just the number two. Maybe it, you know, maybe there is a path for Hank or Walker or Holden to do enough in the spring that the coaching staff goes into the summertime thinking maybe this guy should open the season as the number one, even if he hasn't played very much college football in in his in his career. And and if Peyton doesn't settle the nerves, you know his competition isn't just those three guys. There's also the chance that the coaching staff has to go shopping in the transfer portal in the second half of April and, and try to add somebody else to the room uh, that they think should be the starter. Yeah, uh, again, we were out there for a half an hour. Um, Peyton Thorne looked better than I've ever seen him throwing the ball today. But all, like I said, all, all of them looked really good. So uh, it, it'll be interesting when we get a chance to spend a little bit of time with the players. Uh, we're we're going to get some player interviews Thursday as well as Coach Freeze's um, uh, introductory, I guess, press conference for the spring. So, uh, but, but, boy, they've got a lot more guys to be throwing to out there this spring, too, than we, than we saw a year ago. Got to, got to get to, first of all, just Cam Coleman is so impressive looking, and then you watch him run, and uh, he just, I mean, he is, he's a, a, a big gazelle, I mean, that, that really runs well. But uh, I like what we saw. So, someone of, told me Cam uh, Coleman looks like an LSU receiver, Bill. Like, he does. Like, like one of those guys that LSU would have yeah, for the last 20 those, years. He's one of those 6'3", about 200 pounds, can outrun most people. 
and uh, has got tremendous leaping ability. And again, you know, keep in mind he's another guy that that uh, uh, is still young for his class, and he's out there. You know, he's still out. He's out there even a half a year early on that. Bryce Kane, super super quick, wearing uh, Javarius Johnson's old number. Uh, Cam, of course, is number Cam's number eight. Bryce is number six. Uh, then you've got Robert Lewis, who was wearing 14. Uh, and then Sam Jackson, who had uh, a yellow jersey on today but was running through all the drills. Uh, he'll be number 18. And, and uh, there, there's, there's just so much quickness in this receiver core. I did not see one dropped pass. I didn't see one. Um, uh, there, there were a couple of passes, like I said, that uh, and, and maybe well, maybe just one that was missed, and it was one just where Walker just had too much on it and overthrew a receiver. But I didn't see anybody who got their hands on the ball that didn't hang on either. Burton and Fair are, are both guys back from last year's team yep. that, that I'm, I'm really curious to see you know, what kind of role they can carve out for themselves, especially if I mean, between Cam Coleman and Robert Lewis and the addition uh, – I mean, Camden Brown is still out there as, as an outside receiver. The addition of, of Perry Thompson – uh, before the season starts, like Auburn has more potent outside weapons than than they've had in in recent seasons, you would think. Maybe that makes it easier for guys like Fair and and Burton, uh, and, and maybe Bryce Kane slots in there as well as you know, somebody who could benefit from, uh, from 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 defense having to worry more about what Auburn can do uh, over the top. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Couldn't really tell because they were doing a lot of just just individual. Uh, run, you know, route running. So I couldn't tell if they were going to be lining up inside or outside. The only thing they would do is they, at times, put a tight end in there. And and uh, you know, Auburn, of course, can go just about as deep a tight end as they can at receiver right now. It's crazy looking out there. And Rico Walker looks pretty good moving around. I mean, the the transfer in from from Maryland uh, into the already impressive group that Auburn had. Right. I mean, we were talking about guys like Rico Walker and Micah Riley, who, who would be. Uh, who would be starting at a lot of places in, in major conference college football, and they, they may have to wait their turn because Auburn brings back Luke Deal and Brandon Frazier and Rivaldo Fairweather. We're going to hear from Fairweather and Deal on Thursday. They're, they're part of the group uh, slated to, uh, to talk to the media, but you're right, Bill. That's another position where uh, you know, we, I, I was talking with the, uh, with the coach in hour number one about whether you know it's when you bring back a ton of experience, you know guys who have gone through spring practice multiple seasons and they've started, they spent years as a starter in college football. The tone of spring practice is probably different than a position like defensive line, for instance, where Auburn uh, is you know can't rely on a ton of experience from uh, fr- from its uh, expected starters. Auburn is deep uh, at tight end, and they're deep with guys that have that have played a lot of college football. Oh, you're you're right about that. I mean, you, yeah, you got four guys that that are uh, well. I guess what three in the what two in their fifth year and two in their sixth year. Um, I think they're at, uh, at at tight end, so it's it's ridiculous the experience. But uh, they they all can move. They all catch the ball really well. You can you can tell Brandon Frazier is down a little bit from last year. He's just leaner looking, and uh, you he's know he's getting well. He's, he's getting re- he's, he's getting ready for a wedding, Bill. That is right. He's, well, he's, you know, you, you want to make sure you fit into that <laughs> fit into that tux. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's getting he's, good for the pictures because those are forever. That's right. No, he's <laughs> he's somebody who uh, I, I think he, I think there's uh, he's got a little extra motivation to be in uh, the best shape of his life 
uh, this uh, this summer. So, uh, so or whenever or whenever the the occasion uh, will be. And I know he just uh, he was just recently engaged, so it's a, you know could could be could be longer than that. But uh, no, that's a uh, yeah, that's, that's that, that is a position where. I mean, yeah, Luke, Luke Deal, Brendan Fraser, Rivaldo Fairweather. I mean, you have you have veterans and uh, guys who can do a lot of different things. Uh, curious to see where they uh, where, where they fit in uh, this uh, this summer. Any anybody else catch your eye or any uh, anything uh, uh, anything uh, stand out to you from, from from being out there, Bill? Well, the only the the only thing I noticed really on defense was that uh, um, I, I could look down at the other end and just see different groups. I could tell that there was a linebacker group, and I was looking for the freshmen in the linebacker group. And, uh, you know, one guy that we've talked about might get some work as a uh, uh, as, as a jack, a buck, whatever you call the, the uh, rush end, was uh, Joseph Phillips. So he was out there with Jayla McLeod, Javante Waller, and Brenton Williams uh, working with the, with the rush ends where Josh Aldridge had – he had both the, the, the defensive ends and – and the Jacks, or Rush in. So he had all the outside guys were working with him, but I thought it was interesting to see Joseph Phillips on the first day of practice out there working as a pass rusher. And McLeod, somebody else who, who's you know in his, in his first full off season with the team and and in the uh, in, in the Aldridge system, like you know we'll, we'll see what we'll see what a second year looks like uh, for a player like uh, Jalen McLeod. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that when he was healthy last year, and that's the thing we don't know how. Uh, we just kept hearing, um, you know, Hugh talk about uh, getting him healthy during the year. But he had a couple of games where you could see, I mean, he he has the, the ability to really penetrate and, and uh, get into the backfield and, and uh, disrupt the quarterback. And that's something Auburn really, really needs. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the battles when they get these guys, you know, when they come back from spring break and they're ready to go full bore and uh, – See how how the the defensive line because I think the offensive line is going to be going to be very good. I think it's going to be at least really solid, and I think that'll give you a good test to see how the defensive front and the pass rush can do against these guys. Hey, Bill, can you stick around for another segment? Talk a little basketball and a little baseball with us. Uh, yeah, I can stick around for a little while. I've got to got to get ready to head over to baseball. All right, cool. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about tonight's baseball game and preview. We might not have a show tomorrow, Bill. So I wanted to let you talk a little bit about Auburn, Tennessee. Well, I, as a matter of fact, that's the other thing I have to do here in a little bit is call to see if see if I'm needed tomorrow. Okay. I don't know yet. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get uh, get you done by by bottom of the hour, so, so we can call Jake. Right. So so one one more segment coming up with uh, with Bill Cameron here on the Tuesday edition of the Drive. It's time to stop. ESPN 106.7 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Tuesday edition of the drive. Dan Peck, Coach Don Dunn in the studio. Drew at the controls. Bill Cameron on the phone. He will be back in the studio someday. Uh, we don't know don't know exactly uh, the specifics on it, but we should have should have Bill back. All right, Bill. Uh, briefly, uh, what are you looking forward to uh, tonight uh, when you head over to Plainsman Park? Well, I mean, just uh, wondering what all arms we're going to see behind Connor McBride, who got the start last week against UAB, getting the start tonight against Stanford. Um, Stanford, I mean, you know, these teams, it means so much when the in-state schools come in and play. And Auburn's got, uh, I believe it's eight or nine straight home games starting tonight. 
Auburn looking to bounce back from that first loss of the season against Virginia in the last game down in Jacksonville. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I would expect Auburn to pretty much use the their regulars there as far as the lineup's concerned. But pitchers, you know, it's an opportunity for a few more guys perhaps to to take the mound. I uh, don't know much about Sanford except they've hit 13 home runs in their first seven ball games, so they come in with a little pop. So. Uh, so we'll see. Even if the wind's not blowing out, there there may be a few home runs tonight. Yeah, and, and Auburn uh, still looking for, uh, still 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 exploring options within the rotation, right? I mean, it, these these games are important for pitchers who want a, a, who want to have a larger role when uh, when conference play comes around. Yeah, I mean, Auburn's still looking for guys that that uh, you know. I mean, obviously, you feel like you know the weekend rotation, but things are going to change an awful lot between now and the start, much less the end of conference play. But uh, there's some guys that if, if they pitch well here in midweek games uh, could get that opportunity to come in, say, if a, uh, if a starter needs to be bailed out early or if you're looking for someone in the middle or, you know, or if a guy can, can come in and shut the door. So, I mean, it's a great opportunity, and I, I think we'll see multiple pitchers. Wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, four or five arms for the Tigers tonight, regardless of how the game's going. You know, and I can't – I have a hard time talking Sanford baseball without thinking of Casey Dunn. Right, who was there oh, for yeah. well, he's there for sixteen years or so as the as as the head coach. Uh, now he's at UAB uh, doing a uh, d- doing a good job and uh, and and uh, for, former former Auburn catcher uh, in the in the nineties. Bill, uh, uh, Casey, you know what what is what is hearing Casey Dunn? Uh, you know, you, it's it's a program that Casey Dunn made such an indelible impact on, uh, and and he's he's a guy I know you remember well as a as as, as a player and coach. Well, I mean, he's a guy that took a Stanford program which really struggled to be. Uh, competitive and, and made them a uh, a really really good program. I mean, he built that program and and, and uh, yeah, Casey's. Um, of course, I mean, I remember watching Casey as a player too, and I mean, he was one of the better hitting catchers that uh, that that came through Auburn and the SEC. So um, yeah, he he left Stanford in really good shape, and they'll come in here looking to you know pull the upset and, and get a big feather in their cap. Tomorrow night, Auburn and Tennessee live from Knoxville, yeah. uh, a, a heavyweight title fight. Bill, what, what's got to what's got to go right for Auburn if you're uh, uh, if, if you're going to pull off the upset in Knoxville against the Vols? Yeah, they're going to have to make some shots against a very good defensive team. Uh, not uh, you know not turn the ball over, not get in foul trouble. It's really going to be interesting. Um, I was just reading some of the comments from Bruce because I wasn't able to get over there, but um, it really sounds like. We may see Jalen Williams tomorrow night. Um, I, I knew that, that folks who were in Athens said, man, he was moving around pretty well and just shooting some jumpers in the, uh, uh, you know, just in the warm-ups pre-game. And I thought, man, that's, that, that's a big step forward. But it sounds like he's been working some. Don't know how much he's been practicing. But Bruce even saying we could see him tomorrow night. It'll be interesting to see. How you know how much they want to try to ease him back into the action? The other thing that I think I think there's a chance. There's also a chance Bruce Pearl wants Tennessee spending some time scouting Jalen Williams, even if Jalen Williams doesn't play tomorrow night, right? I mean, there's I I, I do I I do think um, I I do think he's a lot closer than we thought. But but the thing Auburn's got to have now they don't have to have they can't expect to get 25 out of CBM, but Chad Baker Mazzara. Um, you know, has got to continue um, to, to get the opportunity and take advantage of the opportunity. Man, he is he is one of Auburn's more dynamic players, and you really saw it over there in Athens. 
and I think that uh, you know he's he's a guy that causes some some uh, mismatch problems because of his length uh, and his ability defensively. But I think Auburn needs a good game out of him. They need Aiden Holloway to look like the Aiden Holloway we saw in the second half the other day against Athens, too. Talking with Bill Cameron, who is on campus. He's about to go check out some uh, some Auburn baseball. Uh, he was at the uh, viewing window. I just read, uh, just just skimmed through Ferguson's notes uh, for the uh, for, for the viewing window. Uh, Auburn Observer, uh-huh. uh, Justin Ferguson. He said that when they. Uh, and, and maybe uh, I don't know. You, you may have uh, you may not have been able to see this part of, of practice, Bill. But but the uh, the, the view that he, he said that there was a a passing skeleton where it seemed like maybe uh, what Brown Burton and Jay Fair seem to be running as the ones at the moment of the of the receivers. Obviously, a lot could change. Oh, yeah, True freshmen coming yeah. in and, and things like that. But it's uh, well, I mean it, yeah. There's there's, I mean, there's there's a lot of who has more experience. I mean, Corey Moore is the only other experienced guy. So if you're going to put three out there, it would be three of those four. And uh, that's three that's three uh, smaller guys. But I mean, they're, they're uh, yeah. I, I did. I just sort of noticed. The pairings with the quarterbacks, but uh, yeah, I'd say that's probably that's probably right. But even if Cam Coleman and Robert Lewis aren't necessarily starters at the moment, I would still expect a, a decent sized role for for both of them, and they and a lot and, and a lot could change between now and the start of the season. Yeah, and Robert Lewis looked a little bigger. I mean, he's listed at like one seventy eight. I think he looks bigger than that, uh, and maybe it was the yellow jersey. But I thought Sam Jackson looked a little smaller than. The 184 or so that he's listed at. I am so curious to see what Sam Jackson looks like once we get to see him, you know, with the uh, with, with restrictions removed a little bit deeper in, in the off season because it's just a it's an exciting move, you know, a guy moving positions, reuniting with his former quarterback. He looked so explosive when we were getting ready uh, for the uh, for, for the Auburn Cal game. Like this is a, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'm hoping it I'm hoping it works out. Even though I know there's you know there, there is there is risk that it could go awry with a. Uh, uh, with a guy making a jump, you know, between schools and conferences and positions, and and having to compete to get on the field, like there's no guarantee. Uh, but Sam Jackson does look like a, a really explosive, uh, a potential uh, addition to this team. Oh yeah, yeah. Again, I, I hope whatever uh, uh, didn't look like he was hampered running anything. So hopefully he's full go here, and. Uh, they've only got a couple more practices before they, they take spring break. So he's got plenty of time, but, but yeah, a lot of interesting things to keep an eye on here during the spring. All right. So we, we will, uh, we, we will check in with Bill again sometime. Uh, we'll, you know, there might, may not, may not be a show tomorrow. We'll find out about that as we, uh, well, uh, I'll try to let you know before the show's over, because I've got a number that I can call that hopefully they'll update us as to whether, <laughs> of course, if they need it tomorrow, it doesn't mean that I will be. Need it all day, so I mean, it's one of those things. I, I hope I know. And you can you can also find out during. Uh, and we appreciate the phone call, uh, Bill. As he, I think he, I think he walked walked off there at the uh, at the at the end of that statement. But no, I, I, and and there's uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll try to notify Jacob as well. Uh, you know, uh, stay tuned uh, to find out if there's a if there's a drive tomorrow. And you know what? Find out when you tune in at four o'clock. Tomorrow on ESPN 106.7 may happen, may not. We're going to talk with Jake Crane uh, from Crane uh, and uh, and company. Uh, Jake's going to join us in uh, our number. And, and just uh, just on the other side of, the, of, of this break, we're going to talk with uh, Jake Crane, Dan Peck, and uh, Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Drew at the controls. Stick around. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of The Drive. 
a part of The Drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Tuesday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck. It's so nice, by the way, some sunlight. You look out that window, and, and it's uh, it, it is still. still we're getting closer to the uh, to the uh, to, to the big Saturday night uh, clock movement, and then it is uh, yeah. We're, then, then it's just a matter of time before uh, before we are we're, we're talking about summertime. But a lot a lot needs to happen between now and then. Uh, Auburn starting spring practice today. Some huge college basketball games on the horizon, including. Um, we got some some interesting conference matchups tonight, and then tomorrow night, Auburn and Tennessee live uh, from Knoxville. College baseball season getting underway, and we love to talk about all this stuff. You know, I also want to get into uh, something that, uh, that that has been uh, talked about more and more of late, and became a big headline after the Duke Wake Forest game. and uh, And so we'll we'll bring uh, we'll bring in my man uh, Jake Crane uh, from from Crane and Company because because Jake and, and I said this yesterday on the show. Like I, I have been for a while the Grinch, the you know the Scrooge on court storming and field storming to an extent, but court storming more because it just feels like the potential is there for something really tragic, uh, as as the scenes are increasingly out of control and we're we're getting incidents there and and I don't know if it's necessarily going to be player versus fan or player versus player or just something tragic happening, but. And, and I'm not and I'm not on the Jay Billis bandwagon. I don't think that you know we need to send in the riot cops or something like that to, yeah. to fix the problem. Uh, but but it does feel unsustainable or like it's on the wrong path right now. And I felt that way even before the the incident on Saturday in the Duke Wake for or following the Duke Wake Forest game. So welcome to the show. And sort of what are you? Uh, yeah, where, where are you on on court storming and what should be done or needs to be done? Well, like I, I feel like we're just making this issue way too complex. It it seems like you know you have a lot of people on the fringe of both sides. How about how about we just do this? You already have a thirty second shot clock, right? That you have during the game. Why don't if you're the home team and you always have security there and you know the games where the the, the court may be stormed if you win or not, you put up that thirty second shot clock at the end of the game. The opposing team gets off that 30, or you can even put it at 20 if you want. Well, I'll meet you halfway. That goes off. Let them go. Everybody have a great time. Why, why do we? And if you go before that, if you run on the floor before that, before that 20 second and 30 second clock goes off, well, you're treated just like somebody that ran on the court during a game because that's what you're doing. So I thought we could make this a lot easier. No, and, and some folks would point to Clemson. Right, and what they do after after football games, right? How it's just it's it's routine to let everyone on the field, and it's done in an orderly enough fashion that it doesn't feel uh, unsafe. It doesn't feel like like something that you know where 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 well, a, a tragedy well, Dan, could could I be on the I horizon. Think, I, I don't think you're going to get everybody to slow down. Like to me, that takes away the whole storming the court. Like the the best part about it is you're literally storming the court. I mean, it's like the you know the the revolution like the revolution out there. So you can still have that. But, hey, man, let's just wait 20 seconds. Let's let Filipowski and the rest of those trees get off the court, and everybody just go have a great time. I'll meet you at Toomer's after. You know, I, I think that there's there's probably some compromise that, uh, that that keeps the tradition alive while also taking into account that folks on the court need to be 
uh, need need to be uh, safe at all, you know, at all at all reasonable uh, at all reasonable cost. And there's yeah, I think I think a countdown or something like that. What's not working are the financial penalties, and it feels so. It feels so flimsy to me because, you know, you just made the point, Jake. And I, I talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show. You just made the point that when, when someone uh, enters the field of play or the court during a game, they're treated like a trespasser and they get the bum's rush from security and the police. And, and something else that happens in those situations is that the TV networks have made a policy not to show it, right? And they don't have that policy when it comes to court storming. They don't have the policy of no, it's oh, like we're, we're opening we're, the game day. Yes, yes, exactly. And so, <laughs> so it's so it's very different. And so, and it, and it feels a little bit, uh, it feels a little bit like double talk, right? To say, oh, this this is very bad, and we need to get away. And and if you do it, you need to be fined. But also, we're going to use it promotionally as a conference. And ESPN is going to use footage of isn't court storming. It cool? I mean, do it, but isn't it super cool? Yeah. It's like telling, telling, it's like back in like the seventies or eighties or whatever. And they're like, you know, listen, smoking's definitely not cool. It, Don't do it. Well, you know, everybody I, does it more. I was about to mention Joe Camel. I was about yeah, to mention like it. Just, it really, it, it but, really but, is Jake. You know that, you know, the financial part you were talking about. Well, yeah, listen, uh, if, if I'm in my car, and I, look, I'm gonna go the slowest traffic. I may go five miles miles over the speed limit. But guess what? If I look at one of those signs and it says speeding fines are doubled, I'm gonna I'm gonna go by the letter of the law uh, on, on the road. So if you're gonna fine them, fine them. Like not what is one conference? It's like twenty thousand dollars in a washing machine, and the other one is like a hundred thousand dollars. It needs to be. It needs to hurt. It needs to hurt bad. No, you're 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 right, and it doesn't seem like I mean, especially when you when you remember the revenue that that schools are bringing in from the TV money, right? Like I mean, it feels like these yeah, are well, these I, are man, drop dropping the bucket. The ACC fines the schools. I don't think they fine them. Yeah, and, I, and I it, think I, the the I fines feel the fines feel empty enough right now. And I know it's not me. It's not me having to pay a hundred thousand dollars because my fans you know storm the court after the LSU game or anything like that. But but it's it, they feel empty enough that they're certainly not. Uh, they're, I mean, they're, they're not doing anything to if, – if the goal of the fines is to get it out of the sport, like that's not working. Like that's yeah, – that's, no. and, and so, you know, it, it, it feels like there's a – Just so they can say they have it there. Feel, it feels like there's another path. And, and whether, it's, whether it's taking a harder line in getting it out of the sport entirely for safety reasons or doing more to sort of meet fans in the middle and Wait, provide a safe seconds, exit. Yeah. Just Wait 20 seconds. That easy. Sure, and, and we even had somebody yesterday who said, you know, it would become like the New Year's Eve countdown. Like it would be a, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you could yeah. do, you could make a whole spectacle of it with, with confetti and fireworks and things when the countdown is done. Well, if, if everybody waits, everybody gets gooey fries because we're not, y'all aren't going to eat $100,000 worth of gooey fries. You, you, you rele- so. release them from the ceiling. Right, just release, yeah, yeah. release, repel the gooey fries down. Yeah, release like the some re- weird fast food circus Olay. Release the gooey fries. No, so so we'll. Uh, no, I, I think there's, but but it it does, you know. I'm I'm not. What feels what feels. Uh, I'm not gonna wait until something terrible happens, Jake. Before I'm before I'm like, hey, let's 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 find a compromise. And I and I felt that way before Saturday. Well, like people people point yeah. to Saturday and and you know it, it's yeah. I mean thankfully it doesn't feel like a, a season altering injury for Filipowski, but I mean that's that that's that's sheer luck. Yeah, Caitlin Clark got clobbered. Yeah. 
No, I just, I mean, so, so yeah, I think there's, there's probably, there, there's probably something that, and it feels more urgent with, with, with basketball than football because of the amount of space and the amount of, of room that we're talking pads. about. And because <laughs> we're talking about people wearing pads and helmets, I mean, there's also probably, probably some of that as well. All right, Jake. So Auburn, uh, speaking of court storming, Auburn and Tennessee, uh, tomorrow night, Auburn, uh, after winning in Athens, very impressive performance, uh, by, uh, by by Auburn, I think especially by the guys who were called upon to have a larger role in the aftermath of Jalen Williams' injury. Chad Baker-Mazzara, Chaney Johnson, uh, a, a really a really nice game by those two. Dylan played a little bit more with, with uh, Janai sliding over to the four. So, yeah, I thought the Auburn front court really brought it without Jalen Williams. Now they go to Knoxville. Uh, if, if you can beat Tennessee and Knoxville, you can beat just about anybody in college basketball, Jake. Yeah, man, this one, uh, this one's going to be tough. Dalton Connect has totally changed that Tennessee team. You know, they, they used to be just very good defensively. You hope Muscovy shoots well, uh, and and you'll get just tough garbage points and and win games in in that way. And and obviously, you know, Zakai Ziegler, what he's meant to them at the point guard position. But Dalton Connect's probably going to be the SEC Player of the Year. You're playing at home. Um, look, the Auburn Georgia game, it, it was a great effort. You know, Auburn offensively without Jalen Williams. I thought, you know, the changes in the starting lineup obviously paid dividends. Watching Chad Baker, Mazzara, he just hits the weirdest shots ever. I mean, everybody always has that guy. Uh, but it seems that, like TJ Dunnan just used to hit the weirdest shots ever. But the difference is, obviously, Chad Baker can shoot the threes. He's a better player overall. But I tell you what, man, seeing Aiden Holloway shoot the way that he shot, if Auburn can get him going, and, and Chaney Johnson uh, can, you know, become more reliable and more reliable and another physical asset down there in case Broom gets in trouble or just in general. I mean, this Auburn team's really good, regardless of what happens at Tennessee. But, you know, you if you don't go up there and beat them, you, you really need a lot of help around you, including Alabama at Ole Miss. Uh, obviously, Kentucky's at Mississippi State tonight. But this Auburn team's good. Uh, I just hope that, you know, at the end of the day, and I know Bruce will, that come time in the tournament, when, when it has to happen, the best players are on the floor. State a slight favorite in home tonight against uh, Kentucky, and that's a Kentucky team that has had some sensational performances, what they did at Auburn, what they did at home against Alabama. There's a loss to LSU, uh, sandwiched in between. Still still not quite the kind of consistency that I'm sure Calipari is looking for, but as I was just saying with, with, with you know the Auburn-Tennessee winner, you know, that's a team that's going to have the confidence of a national champion coming out of this yeah. game tomorrow night. I feel like Kentucky is another team that could very easily build up. You know, they, 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 have, a, they have a lot to like there, and if they can get rolling, uh, they, can, they can make a case that they're as dangerous as anybody. Well, you know, to be honest with you, I think you can make the case right now that, that both Alabama and Kentucky are very similar uh, or have been very similar to LSU football of last year. Incredible on offense, but defensively uh, not very good. Kentucky has seemed to figure that out here lately, and, and Alabama, you know, to be honest with you, they just outscore people. That's what they do when you go back and look at the numbers. The NATO's to be the first one to tell you that. But Kentucky should, should be better on defense than what they were most of the year, and it seems like, of course, they figured that out against Auburn. Offense has never been their problem. I mean, Dillingham, Reeves, Wagner, Edwards, the guys they got, I mean, they're, they're outstanding offensively. That's what happens when you sign all the best players in the country. But now that the defensive side is going, and they're going to need it tonight because Mississippi State's going to throw that ball down low to Tolu, uh, and him and Hubbard are going to work that inside-out game, and, and Mississippi State's playing with a lot of confidence. So, look, there's a long way to go. Uh, this is you know, Auburn's toughest game left. 
Uh, if they're able to go, Auburn's able to go up there and sneak this one out. They've got a legitimate chance to win this thing because if you look at the rest of the schedule, Auburn's going to be favored and probably pretty heavily uh, in their last couple of, of matchups here. But that's going to be a tall order. So you know, as I usually say, don't panic. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. I just want to play good in March. The Auburn basketball is like the Braves to me now. The regular season, I love it. I'm going to keep up with it. I hope we do fantastic. But I want to make runs in postseasons now, and that's something I never thought I'd say as an Auburn basketball fan. And when we got into conference play, we looked at we looked at the game in Knoxville at the end of ten, at the end of February and said that that looms as maybe the toughest game on the entire schedule, even with Alabama yeah. playing well, uh, even with a trip to Gainesville mixed in at Tennessee. Like that's a road game against a team that a lot of people think can win it all uh, this year, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, so so it's yeah. We'll we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Uh, Auburn, you know, it's 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 a different it's a different kind of question though than if Auburn had laid an egg in Athens without Jalen Williams, right? To 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 deliver to deliver the way they did on Saturday night, especially Chad. But Cheney stepped up with big minutes too, and and like I said, they you know they slid Dylan over, and, and he contributed a lot as well for the front court to deliver the way they did. Like then, you know, you you come into this game thinking. All right, maybe Auburn, maybe Auburn has a puncher's chance in Tennessee, and if oh, you and if you yeah, yeah, and if you yeah, beat and if you beat Tennessee well, and if you beat Tennessee in Tennessee, uh, you, you can beat you, you can hang with just about anybody. Yeah, well, look, I, I, Auburn can beat anybody. They're good enough to beat anybody if they play well and they don't turn the ball over. They've got everything. They've got a front court. They've got a back court. That's why it's so important that Aiden Holloway continues to get going to become that threat from three. And I tell you what, this Tennessee matchup, Connect's going to get his. You might as well go ahead and pencil it in your mind right now that Dalton Connect is probably going to drop over 20 points, maybe even 30. But just uh, like a lot of teams that have that one elite score, you can't let anybody else beat you. Janai Broom, you don't have to go in there and score 30 points. You just got to keep Adu from freaking out, right? I feel like if they do that, Auburn can have a chance. They got to shoot well. They got to rebound. They got to match that physicality. But that's who Auburn is. You, you need one of those games, though, from KD Johnson where just it just makes sense, right, where he's feeding off the hatred towards him and he's out there shooting well and making plays on defense and frustrating Tennessee. So they can do it. They won't be afraid, that's for sure. Jake, we're a couple weeks from uh, Selection Sunday. Talk with Jake Crane from uh, Crane & Company here on the uh, Tuesday edition of The Drive. And uh, you know what? You know what? Actually, Jake, we'll, we'll delay the college basketball talk a little bit because we're almost out of time and Auburn has spring practice starting today as well. Uh, hearing rave reviews about Cam Coleman in his, uh, in his yeah. first, uh, first, first glimpse the media got of, uh, of, of the Phoenix City receiver uh, as an Auburn Tiger. Well, I feel like today, and, and listen, I, call me when the pads come on. Like, all this stuff's great, running around your underwear out there. I, I get it. You see how guys look. You, you know, it's kind of a turning of the page going into the next season. And, yes, Auburn just looks better as a team. And that's a big deal. Physics is physics, science is science. Um, but when you, when you look at, at a guy like Cam Coleman and, and going into this second year for Auburn, you know, you don't have to be the conversation when it comes to the college football playoff, but I think Auburn has to be in the conversation. And Hugh Freeze, we've seen the movement on the coaching staff. He's going back to being the guy that calls the plays offensively. Uh, it, it just feels like, you know, as Auburn continues to build and you see what they build up front, and, and you know, I know the quarterback situation, that, that is what it is. Um, I, I feel really good about where Auburn's heading. Uh, and they just got a big commitment the other day in recruiting that corner. Uh, kid who had a ton of offers, but yeah, man, it's um, it's nice early. See guys out there run around, 
Uh, I, I want to hear what it sounds like when the pads come on. Jake, really appreciate you uh, finding some time for us. Enjoy these uh, these visits. Tell everyone how they can find uh, all the great work you do. Yeah, man, it's really simple. Look, uh, if you go to YouTube, it's Crane and Company, C-R-A-I-N-N Company. We go live each weekday, 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Central. Do live calls, talk everything. Auburn, obviously. Uh, we actually have uh, the Attorney General of Tennessee coming on tomorrow to talk about the injunction they won against the NCAA. He was a big part of it. Hey. To really kind of break that down for people uh, in, in layman's terms, because you know, I'm not smart enough to be a lawyer either. Uh, so excited about that. But uh, you can't catch us live. Stays on there all day. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that stuff. Come hang out with us. Great stuff, Jake. We will talk to you again right, soon. Y'all be good. Jake Crane from Crane and Company joining us. Let's wrap up the show when we come back. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of The Drive.